You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. At Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Julian and Chantel along for the ride. We have company today, 6 o'clock. We'll take a breather from football. It'll be around halftime of the Packers-Cowboys game. We'll talk to Ian Begley from SNY. He'll give us his thoughts on what the Knicks are doing and some things that are approaching in the National Basketball Association as we get about 20 or so days away from the trading deadline. We'll also touch on, I'll give you some thoughts about a little baseball because we're about six weeks away from the first games, about a month away from spring training. But, of course, we begin with the playoffs this weekend in the National Football League, and it's crazy. Weather has been the predominant factor, right? You see the game between the Steelers and Bills was postponed. It will be played tomorrow afternoon at 4.30. And last night's game, Listen, we knew that it was going to be tough sledding, no pun intended, for the Miami Dolphins heading into Kansas City just from a temperature standpoint, right? But from a temperature and snowy weather condition standpoint, it was virtually impossible for that Miami team, which is built on speed, for them to go out and have a chance to really beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And... If you don't think that regular season games are important, and, we, and obviously in the NFL is more important because you only have 17 of them. But if you don't think that the regular season is important, just ask the Miami Dolphins. In the month of December, they were two and three. That record cost them, and obviously the last game lost to the Buffalo Bills to lock it in, but that cost them home field advantage. Okay. They would have been home, not playing Kansas city, at least the first week, but they would have been home. And then that's a different game. Even with all the injuries, even with all the, the challenges that they have, that's a different game. If they're in Miami, unfortunately they were not. And so there were struggles. But when you think about this Miami dolphins team, this has been a, how they played against the elite teams, how they played against teams that had winning records really messed them up for the season. All right. They continue to struggle, especially offensively. And Mike McDaniel, the head coach last night spoke about how the offense struggled at the end of the season, leading into a loss in Kansas city that sends them home for the playoffs. I think the season's a journey. I think you're either getting better or getting worse. I think there's good things and bad things, like there always will be. Um, but to, you know, I don't really look at it as like a this offense is. That, that's a ever-evolving thing. And what I do know is we'll be in a situation where we'll be trying to get better. Yeah, they will. And they're going to have to make some adjustments, okay? They're going to have to try to do some things with their balance. But what's, here's what's crazy they were pretty much a balanced offense all year. There were just certain things that they were not able to do, and they were not able to make the adjustments when teams took the number one options away from them. All right? And look, this was a team that was able to win despite not having Jalen Ramsey in the, in, in the defensively in their secondary for most of the season, for the first four or five games of the season. They were still able to win. So they don't have far to go. They do have to make a couple of adjustments. 
uh, to try to be a bit more balanced. They obviously, like a lot of teams in the National Football League, this year was a was a <laughs> it was really a marathon. It was how you survived. All right, there were a lot of teams that you know, got voted off the island because, <laughs> quite frankly, they didn't have the depth. They didn't have the talent at depth to get to where they needed to go. So Mike McDaniel, head coach of the Miami Dolphins, also addressed the end of the season. Not in the appropriate place to kind of reflect on the entire season. I think the the thing about this team and the team sport um, was we had goals uh, that weren't accomplished tonight. And, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, one of the reasons that it hurts so bad is because nobody on this team really harbored all, all the different variables that people would talk about injuries weather all this stuff we came here to win didn't happen it didn't happen and so miami once again as my good friend and partner gordon damer felt was coming has another disappointing end to a season so the question now for tyreek hill and the rest of the dolphins is this is this the right group of guys that can take you to where you need to go I feel in my heart, if this team was to come back together, this is the right group of people, you know, to win a chip, man. Like, we got everything what it takes, man. You can see defense, they came along. And as an offense, we got to be able to put drives together and uh, help those guys out, man. We just can't be a bunch of front runners. Next year, I feel like we'll learn from it. And it's not a bunch of front runners, obviously, and I get what he's saying. But ultimately, here's the deal, right? The ultimate deal for this team is they have got to find a way to be able to elevate their game. So when you match teams who are taking things away from you, how do you get back and forth and respond quickly? It's not that they didn't respond. In a lot of cases, they were blown out, but they they didn't respond quickly. And so by not responding quickly, you give that other team more and more confidence that they can stop you. And now, before you know it, the clock is ticking away and you've got some issues with Miami. So we'll see what happens with the Dolphins and what changes they will make. They were a very good team on paper. They are a very good team on the field, but there's a couple of things they have to address. Now, this is a funny question because all you had to do, and and I know all the Miami players are going to say, no, didn't affect us, the cold weather, you go out there and play, but it's a thing of the mind. I saw all the different quotes, all the various quotes that, that players say when it's cold and it's affected them because mentally they've been thinking about it because we in the media have asked them about it over and over and over again. So Tua Tagovailoa was asked, did the cold affect you guys last night? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little difficult in the beginning, uh, but then we, we sort of figured out a plan with how uh, we went about that later on within the game. But, uh, yeah, it, it was different. Minus four at kickoff, minus nine in the fourth quarter. That's cold. And then if it didn't – so if the temperature didn't bother you and if you're trying to psych yourself out about that and it doesn't matter, we're going on about what we have to do, There's the issue with Patrick Mahomes' helmet where he was tackled and his helmet cracked. So he was asked, have you ever had to deal with a cracked helmet before? Patrick Mahomes, I tell you, when I first saw it, I was shocked. 
We'll hear from him in a second. I was surprised. I'd never seen, I've seen the cracked helmet, but in that situation with that cold weather and the, te- and just shows you how cold it was. Even Patrick Mahomes had to deal with the cracked helmet. I have not. I'm sure it had to do with it being really cold, but I didn't know what happened at the mo- in the moment, but I got in the huddle and everybody was telling me. I was like, I, I got y'all, but I'm not coming out the game. So we can figure out on the sideline. So I was hoping we scored. Obviously we didn't end up getting the end zone, but, uh, yeah, it was a first for me. You know, this Kansas City team is crazy. Uh, and and they're, they're, so, they're so strange and they're so tough to understand. Okay, all this time they've been struggling with the run game has not been that great. It's been inconsistent. The tackles on both sides of the, both ends, both left and right tackles have not played well for them offensively. We have watched Patrick Mahomes yelling and screaming at teammates. We've watched Travis Kelsey seem like he's aged two years and not be the always open and always reliable Travis Kelsey. Okay. And we've just watched receivers not be able to hold on to the football. Well, for the most part last night, all that was forgotten. All that was forgotten. They were able to run the ball effectively. They were able to catch the ball effectively and get yardage. They weren't great in the red zone, which is something that will haunt them as they go forward that will cause them to be eliminated and sent home if they don't straighten that out. And you know, you know Miami, they're you know, they're red zone efficient. Actually, they're dangerous outside the red zone, but especially in the red zone. This is where they more normally are successful. So those are the things that they have to deal with. But the one thing out of all of that was their defense. And their defense has been pretty consistent all season. Just ask Patrick Mahomes about their Kansas City D. Yeah, no, I, I talked about it, I think, in training camp. I was like, I really would not want to play our defense um, because it's not just – I mean, not just, I mean, we have great players. We have great players all around every single level. You have players, you have depth, guys rotate in, um, can do it all. Um, and then you have Spags in this scheme, and there's, all the guys are so well coached in the scheme that they use it to their advantage. And you don't never know where they're at. I mean, Sneak can play inside, outside. I mean, Duffy can play inside, outside. All the linebackers can, can guard and can make tackles. I mean, it's hard to get a beat on what they're doing. And so that's what I knew in training camp. I was like, man, I'm glad I don't have to play those guys because that, that would be tough. The defense has really stepped up. And it's, you know, over the past couple of years, obviously, if you follow the Kansas City Chiefs, you've noticed that it's been the offense that's carried the defense. It's been, okay, listen, the offense is going to put points on the board. Can they, can they put enough that the defense won't give it right back up to them? Well, this year, that defense has maintained its own. They have their own identity, and they've done a great job. 1-800-919-3776. When we return, we'll continue to talk about the game yesterday. How about, Hey, Jet fans, this was the Joe Flacco you saw last season yesterday, right? <laughs> Turnovers, couldn't move the team down the field. Give the Houston Texans a huge amount of praise for what they've been able to do. And we'll give you some thought as we're about to have kickoffs with the Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers. And we've got another game tonight to talk about. Oh, we're busy with The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Talking a little NFL football playoff style. Moments away from Dallas and the Green Bay Packers. This is a, we'll get to the calls in a minute. This is an interesting game for me. I'm really looking forward to this game. And you may say, Larry, why are you looking forward to the game? This should not be close. It's a 2-7 matchup. 
Dallas has been unbelievable at home. Green Bay has shown some nice things. You're seeing some growth. You're seeing, you know, their quarterback love play well. You're seeing them grow a little bit. You're seeing some nice, some nice, you know, uh, possibilities here. But, I mean, potential's great, but are they going to go into Dallas and beat this Dallas team? They shouldn't. But there's something about teams and the mindset of having nothing to lose. You saw it earlier yesterday in the first game with the Texans and the Cleveland Browns. And as you heard me say last week, I did not think that the, I thought the Texans had a great chance to win. I didn't think they were going to be blown, blown out. And not only did they win, but they blew the up, blew Cleveland out. And what surprised me about how one-sided that game was was because I have a lot of respect for Cleveland's defense. I have a lot of respect for Miles Garrett and his, his talent. I have a lot of respect on what they do scheme-wise with Cleveland, the pressure they put, the speed they have from sideline to sideline from their linebacking core. And their secondary is pretty good, too. And so for them... For Houston to put a game plan together with a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach and C.J. Stroud, who's been just unbelievable this year. When, when you look at what rookie quarterbacks usually do, how long it takes them to get to where they are, sometimes, especially when you throw them right into the mix, it may take two, three years for them to get well. There, there's always, obviously, there's always exceptions. Okay, there's always exceptions. But for the most part, it's very rare that you see young quarterbacks come right out and be as efficient as this young man has been. And they just put points up on the board and they strung Cleveland early and often. And they put Cleveland in a situation where they had to play catch up. And they weren't really ready to do that. And so, you know, we'll hear from CJ Stroud in a minute, but. That not saying that will happen against Dallas today, but I am saying that this Green Bay Packer team has been on a roll. They've played better later in the season. They've, they've gotten sort of their second win. They've made some adjustments. And I think this game is going to be a little bit closer than a lot of people may think. Now, I hope for my good friend Raymond Santiago that Dallas wins this game because these are the type of games that uh, you want them to prove that they can take that next step and get to where they need to go, which is a Super Bowl. Because there's one thing you do not, that there's no discussion. Okay, Dallas is a very talented team. Offensively, they're talented. They can run the football. I mean, uh, Dak Prescott's had, what, nine interceptions this year? 30-plus touchdowns. He's had a really good season. Up until, you know, the San Francisco game, there was conversations of him being the MVP. He has turned things around. This is not the Dak Prescott that had led the league in picks last year. Almost close. Seemed like he led the league in picks last year. It's not that same guy. Defensively, I mean, all you have to say about the Dallas Cowboys is Micah Parsons. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Defensively, they are outstanding. Special teams, pretty good too. So 
it's not a talent situation with Dallas. And that's what's so frustrating if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan or if you go on ESPN bet and, you know, put some shekels down on the Cowboys. It's not the talent that bothers you. It's the fact that they lose when they should win. And I'm hoping today is not that way, once again, for my good friend Ray Santiago, because he'll be eviscerated tomorrow morning on DNR. Eviscerated. I mean, I'm sure right now Dave Rothenberg's got everything lit that he can have in his basement with the two dogs uh, trying to root for Dallas to lose this game so he can just, just, just give it to Ray tomorrow morning. You know, so but it should be an interesting game. I just think that I don't think Green Bay is going to win, but I do think that Green Bay, because they have nothing, they have nothing to lose per se in their mindset, because people don't expect them to win going into Dallas, where Dallas has been so dominant. Um, it, it could be interesting. It could. That's all I'm going to say. It could be interesting. Besides, I like to see a competitive game. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Subi's in Midtown. What's up, Subi? Hey Larry, uh, hey Larry, I want to talk about your uh, guest, uh, your host uh, Gordon Damer, mm-hmm. and his op- and his optimism with his football team, the Miami Dolphins. I believe he bet against them. Yes, and even if he didn't, or he did, or what, I think his attitude recently has been really strange. And the fact that Miami Dolphins have played well all season long, and just because they lost a couple of games here and there that they shouldn't have lost, and then they lost against KC. I don't know what his fandom is, but it's a very questionable fandom. I don't I, in sports. I don't think he should have this behavior unless the team is horrifically bad, like the Jets were this year, where they don't have a quarterback. You know, if you have a quarterback who's functional and a defense that's functional and a running back that's amazing, why should you root against your team? That doesn't make any sense. But I'm going to give the comparison with the Giants, who went into a cold Green Bay uh, Packers team when they won the Super Bowl. I mean, mm-hmm. they didn't make an excuse there with the cold weather. They went out and won the game. So, you know, I'm questioning Gordon, and he has to be—he has to answer for these questions. Where, what kind of fan that is? I'm just because he's been hating on the Giants, Jets, any team that's not the Dolphins this year, and all of a sudden he switches his allegiance. I don't know what what type of fandom that is. That's all I gotta say. All right, Toby. Thanks for the phone call. Tomorrow, following the Nick Post game. Gordon and I are doing the show early because it's King Day. There's no Michael K show because of the Nick game. So following the Nick post game that you can hear right here on 98.7 ESPN, I invite you to call back and you can ask Gordon personally. What he has said in the past, and it's been well chronicled, is that while he roots for his team, he is uh, scarred. Because his team has let him down on numerous occasions. His team has not been able to win a playoff game in a while. His team has constantly let him down. And he bets against them, Subi, as kind of reverse psychology. In that, since he believes they're probably going to disappoint him again, he might as well make some money on them disappointing him. So that's what he has said publicly. He's very honest about how he looks at his team. He realizes his team has flaws. And so uh, that's how he views it. Now, as far as fandom and stuff like that, I invite you to call him and he can, you know, give you his fandom, defend it or whatever he has to do. But that's how he's been. And he's been consistent that way. That's his thought process. His thought process is, listen, I know what to expect from this team. 
This team has always let me down. They're going to let me down again in big situations. They start out great, and they falter near the end of the season. And then they do what they did yesterday, and they disappear. Um, you are correct. The Giants did a fabulous job going on the road in Green Bay with Tom Coughlin and the red nose and the red face, all it was. But, you know, listen, they not saying that Miami made an excuse. I didn't hear Miami make excuses. But New York, the Giants, even though it was frigid cold in Green Bay, it's fair to say that New York, had the Giants have played more games in cold weather, so they are more adjusted to it, per se, to be fair. I'm not saying that Miami has not played in cold weather because they play Buffalo. They play the Jets. They have played in cold weather. But this was, I mean, minus four is a bit much. <laughs> it's a bit much. If, you're, if you've been practicing, maybe they should have practiced somewhere cold, right? Maybe that's what McDaniel should have done. Took them to a colder place to practice, to prepare them for what they were going to face in Kansas City. Uh, but you just knew, aside from the weather, look, it's a bad matchup for them because they are built to score with speed. And defensively, even though really the defense played well, they missed a lot of people on defense that might have changed the way that, you know, Kansas City was able to, to do business offensively. So we'll never know. We'll find out. The only thing, here's what we do know, is that had Miami done a better job in the month of December, Miami would have hosted a home game. And now that might be a little different story. Might have been just a little bit of a different story. Because clearly with them being at home, they're able to rely on their speed. Even Tyreek Hill had a couple of plays late after they relaxed the defense some. To, because, you know, you're making adjustments. Now you're like, okay, we don't want to give up the big play. We'll give them something. They got to march down the field. And then they march down the field, but they're also eating up the clock. And the clock becomes your friend if you're Kansas City. It's another defensive player on the field. And that's, and that's how it came out. So, you know, it, it was a tough day. It was a tough matchup for Miami having to go in Kansas City, and the weather made it worse. It, it, it's not the same situation like tomorrow where you've got Pittsburgh going into Buffalo because Pittsburgh knows Pittsburgh lives in cold weather. That's what they do. And, and Buffalo, I mean, folks in Buffalo have had a tough, tough go over the past couple of years with the snow and the freezing weather and whatnot. So, you know, and they're home, so they're prepared for it anyway. So it's not the same type of advantage, but it is something that um, – you know, it's something that if you're a Miami Dolphins teammate, Miami Dolphins player, you remember this. And you're going to say, hey, let's make sure we take care of business during the season, especially the last month of the season, so we can finish and get a home game for a change. That's what we want, a home game. 1-800-919-3776. When we return, we'll hear from C.J. Stroud and the victorious Houston Texans. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, it's The Drive on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let, before I get to my points about Cleveland and Houston, this has been a very impressive opening drive by the Green Bay Packers. They had a penalty, a penalty on Dallas, defensive penalty on Dallas, and since then they have just marched right down the field. They've been able to run the ball and for you know, 
huge yards, not just two or three, but five, six yards, moving the ball down the field. And you've got a Dallas team, you got, you know, you're watching Dak Prescott in that offense. They're sitting on the bench. They're waiting. You know, the offense, you want to come out. You want to get ready to go. You know, you hit Dak Prescott. He's ready to go. Here we go. You're ready to hear him. He's ready to get the offense ready and rolling. And Green Bay's done a nice job marching down the field. So now they are, as we're watching this together, what, about 10, 12-yard line? They're just outside of, of uh, you know, they're in the red zone. And so it's second and 10. So now the question is, if you're Dallas, hold them to three. That's what you have to do. That's what you want to do. You want to take this Green Bay momentum away a little bit. But even so, what the Packers have shown with their offensive line is, you know what, we can move the ball against this Dallas front. And it's early. Once again, it's just it's the opening drive. You'll see what happens and and how it goes and if it stalls or what happens to it. But it's very interesting to see how – Green Bay was able to march down the field and get into scoring, you know, into a scoring situation where they, at worst, want to come away with the field goal. We talked about Houston and Cleveland yesterday. And when DeMarco Ryan says we are here because of C.J. Stroud, look, we know that football is a team game, and we know that it's the ultimate team game, and we know that it takes all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams. You guys know all this. You know it. I don't have to tell you. But we also know about quarterback play, okay? And we also know that when you have a rookie quarterback, what they have to face, changes in defense, being able to read defenses, being able to be effective, being able to not turn the ball over, doing certain things. And what C.J. Stroud did yesterday was, I mean, he was – as efficient as you could be. 16 of 21 for 274 yards and three touchdowns. And get this, his average length of completion yardage was 13 yards. Okay? Green Bay has just scored. They're up 6-0. When you look at Joe Flacco, first of all, 34 of 46. 307 yards, but an average of six yards per catch, a touchdown and two picks, sacked four times. C.J. Stroud wasn't sacked at all. So it's obviously the offense for Houston and what Stroud was able to do. But also because they were able to put the points up on the board, now DeMarco Ryan, who has a heck of a defense, now they pin their ears back because they know that Cleveland's in a, we got a pass to get back into this situation. And so it was just, it, it was, and listen, the run game, it's not like Houston just ran the ball all over them. I mean, Houston had 76 yards rushing as a team. Cleveland had 56. This is only 20 yards difference. Okay. But once again, uh, and, Obviously, for Cleveland, this uh, Joe Flacco was not, you know, he wasn't as crisp as he's been previously. Now, he, he spread the ball around. I mean, Njoku had seven receptions. Brian and Cooper had four each. Bell had eight. Jerome Ford had four. So he spread the ball around. 
but he couldn't get them into a rhythm where they could get a sustained drive and march down the field and put it consistently in the end zone. Okay, they had they had a touchdown in the first quarter, a touchdown in the second quarter, and that was it. Meanwhile, Houston had 24. So it's 24-14 at halftime. It's not a, you know, you're in this game if you're Cleveland. Okay, you're still in the game. You go into halftime, you make your adjustments, you do what you need to do. Then Houston puts up a pair of touchdowns. Cleveland gets shut out in the third quarter. Game set match. That, that, that game is over. The game is over. So once again, uh, defensively, listen, Cleveland is not that they played badly defensively. It's just that in that second half, once the offense couldn't get anything going, now the defense is on the field and they're on the field a lot. And so you get worn down. C.J. Stroud talks about an old familiar tactic from coaches in any sport. It's us against them. I think everybody counting us out, man. I think today, like I told y'all before, like people can talk. That's all they can do, you know. They can just talk and watch. We were the ones out there to play. We're the other ones making plays and cool just to see, you know. At Ohio State, we should call it Woody versus the world. Here, we gonna, I think we should call it like NRG versus the world, you know, or Houston versus the world. So it's cool just to be able to be playing at a high level right now. And it's not about what people say. In the playoffs, it's 0-0. If that's the number one defense, man, I mean, they are really the number one defense. They're really good. And I just think they show, like, what we are, too. CJ, talk about leading your team to the playoffs in your rookie year. It's been a blessing. It's been a heck of a year. And I thank God I can just go another week with my teammates. Like, this is a dream come true as a how close we are as a team. Like, we're really, really close. Offense, defense, special teams, like, we're all men well together. And just have another week to go at it with my brothers, it's a blessing, you know. So I'm super excited for this team and, and the city of Houston, and I'm just blessed to be in the position I am. Now, when you talk about injuries, <clears throat> excuse me, you talk about the Cleveland Browns, who had, get this, Five quarterbacks, five different quarterbacks this season. Lost Amari Cooper for a couple of games, their leading receiver. Lost running backs. They had a lot of injuries. Not so much defensively. They had a few defensively, but they were decimated offensively. So Kevin Stefanski, listen, did a good job getting them to where they were, but he reflects on the loss to Houston. We had a, picked a bad day to have a bad day, and that's all of us. That's players, coaches, offense, defense, special teams, just not good enough, but I do want to make sure that I credit uh, D'Amico and his football team. I appreciate how our team fights. I appreciate how they fought today and throughout this entire season. They always came back and fought like crazy, so disappointed from that perspective. And we don't like how it ended. None of us do, but we'll have to learn from it. That's just the game of football. I saw a quote from Miles Garrett in the postgame press conference where he said, that that loss was the worst loss he has had ever. And he will remember it until they get back to this point, which is, you know, the postseason next year. That's a major statement. And from a head coaching standpoint, heck, from a fan standpoint, that's what you want to hear your star players say, right? That's what you want to hear. You want them to hurt as much as you hurt by the fact that this game, that your team is going home. And in this case, beaten soundly and sent home. Right? That's what you that's what you want to hear. That is what you want to hear. So listen, Miles Garrett is uh the leader of that one of the leaders on that team. Uh next year they'll have Deshaun Watson back. They'll have, you know, their full complement back and they're going to be tough in, in that north. The AFC North continues to be a really, really solid division. Okay, we, you know, 
we talk about some of the great divisions. What's the best division in, in the NFL? Okay, and we know the two Souths are struggling a little bit. The AFC South struggling a little bit, although I think Houston is making a name for themselves that they might be around for a while. Interesting, interesting to see what Tennessee does as they move forward with whoever their new head coach is going to be and how that's going to change as they move on possibly from Derrick Henry, big third down play from Dak Prescott. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes as well. But the Souths have been an issue. But the AFC North with Baltimore, what Baltimore has been able to do, uh, you know, with, with, with a solid defense always and Lamar Jackson offensively. Uh, Pittsburgh, once they get their young quarterback back. Uh, Cincinnati, once Joe, Joe Burrow returns. And then Cleveland with Deshaun Watson, that's a heck of a division. Heck of a division. 1-800-919-3776. We'll talk Dallas Packers next on 98.7 ESPN.